podcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mewerder, brought to you as always by our buds at VolleyballMag.com. We have a very special one today. We have John Mayer by himself enjoying uh, what is now a very extended off-season. So how is, uh, how is life in post-retirement? <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel very retired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still working hard. Uh, it is different, not lifting like I usually would and playing every day, but just, you know, got a coach at Loyola Marymount and the day-to-day stuff with that just keeps you busy. So it doesn't, you know, it's not like I'm uh, hanging out in Florida yeah. on a hammock. <laughs> right. doing nothing, but, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm staying busy. Yeah. Just coaching our team, getting, getting the team better. And I think it'll hit me more when like tournaments start coming up more often. The AVP season starts. Like, right. Uh, this is, uh, this is different. Yeah. yeah. And I think your retirement announcement or quote unquote announcement was vintage mayor that like, it just sort of leaked out to Mark Schuerman <laughs> and then he made an announcement. Yeah. Like, were you, were you planning on it? Just letting it like trickle out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I didn't, want to, make, yeah. I didn't want to make a deal of it. I, um, <laughs> I'd known this year, I was like, you know, this, it's just been so hard to do LMU and try to play at a high level. And I felt like I was just kind of being average at both. And and also my passion's gone to the coaching. Like I just I just love it, <laughs> and you get consumed by it. And so it's like you know this might be my last year doing it. And I just thought I'd see how I'd feel in the off season if I felt like I was missing something. And I just like I, I still loved the coaching, and I wasn't missing all the lifting and conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. So so yeah, I just was just going through doing that. And then I told my wife as we were driving to the uh, AVP banquet, I was like just. Because she she's the one who would say something like don't say anything like I I'm not, oh my god like I don't have a speech prepared like I, not that they anyone would care but like just don't say something I knew she like she might say something to Mark she's like oh yeah I won't say anything I won't say anything yeah <laughs> so the night was going through like fine like I you know I'm, I'm off the hot seat just hanging out and having a good time and then all of a sudden like the end of the night Mark starts talking about me I was like what is he doing <laughs> what, is, what is going on right now and then all of a sudden he's like come up here and I was like what what? Why am I going up here? <laughs> He's like, you got to say something. <laughs> so exactly I what I tried to do. Yeah. It was like my absolute nightmare. <laughs> so I think I just, I don't know what I even rambled, but uh, it was nice. People afterwards, it was nice. Uh, Try came up and a number of people came up and said nice things, which was cool. And um, yeah, so, so I guess it was good in a way that she did that, but I'm still a little mad. <laughs> it, was, it was good for us to get a little closure out of you. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a career that first main draw was 04. That sounds right. It might have been 03. 03? Yeah, it was like a big Manhattan Beach draw. Yeah, it was 03. Okay. First one, I think, where I got prize money was 04. Okay. (laughs) I qualified and did so bad that we didn't get prize money. Yeah. So 2003 through 2018, that's a solid run. Yeah. That's a lot of volleyball. (laughs) Yeah. It was uh, a lot more than I thought I'd play. Yeah. both, you know, indoor and, and beach, I didn't think I'd even make it collegiately. Uh, I was thinking about it a little bit because you had brought up, you know, we'll talk about your, your career. And it kind of feels like there's like three different phases. Like my first phase of playing the beach is just like, this is super fun. I'm stoked to be around people that are really good. Uh, you know, I never thought about a career. It's like, I'll, you know, go to a player party and I don't know, just whatever, do that sort of stuff and hang out and, and have fun playing uh, beach volleyball, which, which I had become obsessed with. And that's kind of all I thought it would be for a couple of years, and then I'd get a real job. Um, but then I ended up doing well enough to, I guess, keep going, and I got lucky enough to play with Jeff Nygaard. And I feel like that was kind of the second stage, playing with uh, a veteran and just a real professional, like someone who knew how to go, like how to train, how to, how to lift, how to practice, how to <clears throat> prep for a tournament. 
so I feel like that was kind of the second phase, like just learning from being around him, learning um, from the, all the things he told me. And, and then I feel like the third phase was probably the last like five years. And I feel like that's when I became a real learner, I guess would be the, the right word to put. <clears throat> Sorry, need some water. All the smoke from the fires. Yeah. yeah. Made it all the way down here. Yeah, this, it's been bad. Um, so then, yeah, kind of the final phase um, was um, a coach, Tom Black. He coaches at the University of Georgia now. And he coached me in high school, so he's been with me for, for basically my whole volleyball career, and he's, I, I kind of owe everything I've done to him. But he um, really instil, instilled in me to become a, a better learner, and he started coaching me, and I feel like that's when I had the most consistent um, events and tournaments like put back-to-back, right? I feel like I played at about as high a level as I, my potential uh, could be. So kind of, yeah, I was just thinking about, like, yeah, there's kind of these, you know, it's a neat way to put it. It wasn't that clean, but. Uh, there's kind of three different segments of my playing career. Yeah, and you you mentioned that your your last season you felt like you did a, a mediocre job at both of your passions, but results wise, both of them were really good. I mean, LMU, you're what twenty four and fourteen. Yeah, yeah, so I think we won that number. We won, yeah, <clears throat> I think I just scheduled more matches so we would win more. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, no, you know, mediocre is not the right word. I think it just felt like life just felt way too hard. <laughs> it's like just I'm playing lot. volleyball and coaching volleyball, and, this, and, I, and I, I don't know how well I did it, but it just felt like I was being pulled too hard to continue to do it at the level I wanted to. So, you know, I feel like I put everything into the playing and the coaching, but it's just like I just don't know how many more years I can do this right. and feel good about it. And the coaching wasn't getting any smaller. Like the college beach season is getting just bigger every year. Right. And the playing season too, like it used to be, I felt like I could coach, and then the season kind of picked up in April, May, and you could play the whole summer, and that was that. And now it's like January, there's, you know, an event in the Netherlands. In February, they're in Florida, and, and then it goes all the way through, you know, November. So it's like, that's just, it's just so much of the year uh, to commit to if you're trying to do two jobs. It's almost impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. When, did the, when did the coaching begin to pick up? Because I feel like like you started out and it was like you said it was just which I, I feel like a lot of players that's how they get into is that oh well, this is gonna be a fun thing to do for a couple of years and i'll get a real job and then you started to get really good um when did the kind of the balance begin to start happening between playing and coaching i think it was always happening i think um I, in college i coached club i coached boys like 16 threes you know all through college to help pay for food and so I could get mcdonald's <laughs> yep. and uh then um after that, in, in, uh, when I first started playing on the beach, I started coaching at a junior college at Santa Monica College. I was the assistant coach, and I was still doing club then. And in, in college, I got my teaching credentials, so I just knew like something in teaching or coaching was what I wanted to do. So I figured all of this would help kind of build my resume for when I did stop playing, which I thought, I think initially I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll try the beach for four or five years. And if uh, it doesn't work out, then you know, at least I'll have had a little bit of a coaching resume, and that's kind of a, a steadier paycheck. So it just felt like that was just what I, I always did. And, and uh, I think it, it just became a bigger job from coaching, you know, 16 threes to assistant coaching a junior college to the head coach of a junior college, then to a division one program. So yeah, I just kept getting bigger and bigger and hopefully I've uh, gotten better at, at doing it as well along the way too. seems like you have, I mean, uh, like <laughs> LMU, cause you took over in 2015, yep. you're hired, right? And then you coach 16, 17, 18. So this upcoming, upcoming will be your fourth. Yeah. You guys have improved every year, right? Numbers wise. Um, so in terms of LMU, I feel like that's a whole new challenge in terms of taking over a beach program and kind of building it up. 
How do you like? What's the first step you take as a coach when you get a program? Like, just sit back and evaluate and find out what you have to do. How do you go about implementing that? Still trying to figure that yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. so, do you guys have advice? Let me know. <laughs> um, I think you don't want to sit back. I think you just got to go. <laughs> it's like um, if you want to get better at playing, you've got to you've got to play a lot and get a lot of reps and a lot of really mindful reps. And if coaching too, like you just got to get in there and get to know you know your university. You got to get to know your athletes. And then from there, I think you can build a plan. Like what sort of culture do you want to create? Like, what are we going to be about? Um, and for us, it's our, our biggest, um, very inspired by Tom Black. Like I said, our, our biggest core value is to be really good learners. So I've tried to study that and understand what a good learner is. And, and that's what we talk about a lot of the time. And, and more than the results, it's, um, we want to, we want to win, we want good results, but how, how good a learner can we be today as coaches and as players? And we think that will lead to, to better results. And just to, it's a lifelong skill that I think if we start working on it now, then uh, the girls can take it into to everything. So um, it's kind of an all, all around the track answer to you. But yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of where my first, like when I first started out, I think that's, that's where I went. And I'm still going with that. It's interesting for me hearing uh, you talk about like, you know, creating that culture. And I mean, you have to create the team and then see what direction they're going and all that stuff. How do you, uh, or like what similarities or differences are there in creating, because you're doing beach volleyball, whether you're playing NCAA, or sorry, coaching NCAA or playing pro, you're, you're having to create that culture and a, and a team. Mm -hmm. but one of them, you're, you have like what, 20, 20 people, yeah. 25 yeah. people? Yeah. And the other one, you have maybe three. It's yeah. two players and a coach. Yeah. What are the kind of differences there putting a beach team together for you to play on and then an NCAA team together for you to coach? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's crossover for sure. You, you can learn some from each. I'm trying to do it right now. So I'm just, I'm <laughs> I, think, I think it's a little easier, down. like as a coach, you can, you can come up with your vision and your philosophy. I mean, you don't want to just be like on an island. You want to know what sort of student athletes you're going to attract and you want to understand that, but you can really be in control of a lot of that. Right. I think it's different as a athlete, as a player. Because each year and each partner is completely different, right. and their values are going to be maybe pretty different than yours. It's like half the players are yeah. gone, right? It's yeah. like half the team is just completely changed. Every yeah, year, yeah. That, if you have a different partner. Yeah, and the coaching is less consistent, and it's right. You can't, as a player, I never liked flirting that line as being like a player and a coach. Like I just wanted to be a teammate, mm -hmm. and so I think it's understanding your partner. Like, I think really like understanding who you are and what you what you're like at your best and laying that out like these are my values when, when I'm playing really well you know I, I'm, I'm learning at a high level I'm uh, working really hard and um, I don't know what another one is but those are a couple examples and then you find you know your your partner and talk to them like what what's important to you and you know if the first answer is like I want to I want to win a lot like that's that's great that's a little different than like our values sound a little different you're a little more result oriented and I'm, right. i might be a little more on the process so let, like mm -hmm. let's figure out where we can align and find mm -hmm. some common ground right like i don't want to change you but i want i want to understand you and i want you to understand me and then we can we can just figure out like where we want to go from there and, and sometimes if there's not any alignment then it's probably not <laughs> then you start looking <laughs> right. another way but it's uh i mean <clears throat> right now i'm actually playing with your the guy yeah the last guy that you or I'm playing with Trevor. <laughs> I think everyone knows that. Yeah. I'm playing with Trevor, but... Let's make, let's make it awkward. No, no. I don't know why that's hard to say. 
But uh, he had actually said a few times. He probably didn't say it to you because you know how Trevor is. He says yeah. like five words. He doesn't say much. Yeah. But he uh, <laughs> he did mention like that he, it was really good playing with you, and you could tell that like you were going to be a really good coach, or you already were. But uh, obviously, nice he didn't get to hear that stuff. You um, might not hear it directly from Trevor. <laughs> I don't no, you're not going to hear it from Trevor. It. But he did say some stuff <laughs> to me nice, about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, he, he, and he did it with me. Uh, he, no, he, he did. Um, I think he gets a tough rap sometimes and a bad rap. For sure, yeah. And he, uh, he is a, a really good guy off the court. And he's okay on the court, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he, um, I, I felt appreciated. I felt like he right. uh, mm-hmm. enjoyed. And, and he said he felt like he learned a lot from me. And that's probably the most I got out of it. I kind of knew it was near the end for me. And I wanted to help the people around me get better. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you guys killed it. Uh, At times. One, two FIVBs. Right? Yeah. And it's only that's two, your last year on the FIVB? Yeah, only two medals I ever got. And a lot was because of Trevor. He's, <laughs> he's a really good player. And it was fun playing with him. It was completely different. Like, what we were just talking about. Like, completely different personality and different values. And mm-hmm. uh, But we were able to communicate. We found, like, he... One of the things that was really important to him was communication. And so I was like, yeah, that matters to me, too. So let's let's get really good at that. You know, you don't think of him as a communicator. But Not I think he had all, had yeah. some partners who he felt like it was really quiet for long periods of time right and so he i think he wanted to bring he wanted to change that and uh-huh. wanted to bring that to our team and communication doesn't mean like just white noise like you're blabbing all the time like we wanted to have clear communication and say things that were helpful and productive and right and so we like all right let's be about that like whatever the score is like we want to win he wants to win more than anyone but if we're communicating at a high level then like we feel pretty good about the team we're creating yeah. and that's going to lead to more more wins yeah, I I mean, I, when I partnered with Trevor, to be honest, it was like, I hit him up like as a friend, like, dude, come on, we've never played together, let's just do it for fun, come on, yeah. and I somehow talked him into it, and, uh, but then as I played with him, I was like, damn, like, his game's evolved a lot, I never got to play with him at a pro level, but like you said, like, he's intellectually really understanding the game at a high mm-hmm. level, yes. I'm not the one out there, like, I told him to be the captain and like you yeah. go do, you call the timeouts and you, you know, do a lot of the game plan and that kind of stuff. Cause he gets it at that level. And I didn't actually even realize that until I played with him. I'm like, damn, this guy's got a really high volleyball IQ. Cause I mean, yeah, I think he's, uh, misunderstood sometimes, yeah. but I also think he learned a lot with you. Cause I heard it a few times. He's like, Oh, when, when I was at mayor, this worked or oh, cool. mayor says stuff like this. <laughs> so, uh, I think I'm going to reap the benefits of uh, (laughs) some of the stuff that you uh, put out there. I would love to see you guys in the Olympics and feel like I played a tiny, tiny, tiny role. It's going to be all all because of you guys. Awesome. Um, But yeah, I think he surprised me. I I don't want to make this a full Trevor Crowd podcast, but but, uh, (laughs) he would love that. Yeah, he's probably (laughs) loving it. But uh, he, uh, I wasn't sure going in how much you embrace the things I would try to push. Like I I wanted to work with his serve a little bit and had some ideas and he was like, he's all in. He's like, yeah, I'll try that. I think a lot of people aren't comfortable being vulnerable and making changes when you've had success like he had already had, but he was, he was all in. And, and if, I think if he feels like it's going to help him win more <laughs> and right. have better results, like he, he will do it 100%. times 10 and he's okay with even looking bad for a little bit in training and, and making mistakes with it, which not too many athletes do. And I think he'll continue to improve if he uh, keeps with that, that mindset. And I hope he does. Mm-hmm. I feel like your, your career kind of had, you mentioned it went in three kind of phases for you. Just looking through your BBB a little bit earlier, it looked like you would have like this big surge 
mm-hmm. right? And then it would kind of level out for a minute, and then you'd have another surge and level out, and then another one too. Like you look at the the jump you made from I think '05 to '06 when you because you you were in main draw with Matt Prosser, and then you jumped back into the qualifiers with Keenan, mm-hmm. and then you guys like missed a few, and then you took like a 25th, a 17th, and a third. And you just had this big jump there. And then to 09 with Jeff Nygaard, you had another one. And then like 15, 16, like in 2012, like all those years too, like your last five were were just a lot of winning. What I'm wondering is like the gaps between those surges, like I know you're not a results-based guy. So how do you go about just keep on putting in the daily work even if it goes like two years without making that semifinal again? Yeah. That's pretty hard. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I care about results. That's why you play. You want to win, but you just right. don't have control over them. So I don't want to be like stress about them if I can't control something. Um, my first thought when you're saying that, uh, and it, it could be wrong. It's like when you, when you think about history, a lot of times we create these stories that are probably false, but anyways, um, my first thought was like, I'd like to believe that I was progressing all that time. <laughs> Maybe like sometimes bigger jumps and sometimes smaller. And I think more than anything, I would guess is, I was able to form a team that was better than the sum of our parts. Like we were, you know, I was, I was playing with a different partner and getting worse results and we weren't getting the most out of each other. And then I'd find, you know, Jeff Nygaard and we were able to get the most out of each other. And the results were maybe higher than my individual ability or my athleticism or whatever it was, but we were able to create a team that was really good or at least really consistent and able to do that with time. And, you know, there's Brad Keenan was the same, was able to play with him for years and, and do the same thing. So I'd like to believe those were like where the jumps came, just finding the right partner and um, working through uh, our, you know, working to develop our strengths and, and figure out where our weaknesses were and, and just sticking with it for, for years instead of one tournament and, you know, you're, you're done, which I think is a, a big epidemic oh my now, God, especially yeah. on, I think on the women's side. So I'd love to push more people, you know, if, if you feel like you have a person that's, you know, aligned, like we want to accomplish the same goals. We want to play these, these sorts of tournaments and you're aligned in that way. Like we're going to put in this sort of effort. Like if you found that, then like, you know, be okay with one poor result and, and uh, go attack your weaknesses and, and figure out how you can build a really good team. Cause usually that's like, I think it, it really is about, can you make a team that's better than what you actually are as a, you know, your ability of, as a player. That's, that's when it's really fun to be a part of. Like that's when the sport is, is awesome. Yeah. How do you know, like, was there, is there, like, a feeling you would have to know that, like, you found that? Because I think that a really perfect example of uh, the sum being better than the two parts would be Try and Trevor. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you guys together are probably a lot better than most people would think just looking at two blockers playing the same side better on paper. Better than we thought. Right? <laughs> How do you, like, is there a certain feeling, a certain, like, maybe you just had a match where you just knew it kind of clicked? Like, how do you know when you found, like, your guy? Yeah, I don't think it's that, like, there's no, like, magic moment, I don't think. Um, and you can see, like, the chemistry that Try and Trevor would have. I think I didn't mention Ryan Doherty, who's this, the same kind of thing. Um, I think you can recognize it more over a stretch of time, like, when you put together, like, back-to-back-to-back practices where it's like, wow, we're, we're like, we're really in it and we're, we're attacking, you know, our weaknesses and we're, we're progressing and I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing us slowly get better. So I think it's more just... Yeah, seeing it that over time. And, and then how do we respond? Like, we had a bad tournament. What does the next practice look like? How do we respond to that? Wow, like, he's still with me. I'm not worried about being dropped or, or if my partner is, is still, you know, has my back. Or, so I think it's that, like, those sort of, there's those moments along the way. But it's, it's yeah, it just happens over time. I don't think there's, like, one moment where you're like, oh, yeah, we're all world now. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Was there any was there any characteristics that you looked for in a partner by the end of it? Were there certain traits that you knew that that's a guy you would want to play with? Um well, if they could handset and stuff a lot of balls, that that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um I mean, yeah, there were, there were trying to think of what I mean, I I liked the idea near the end of, you know, being able to make an imprint on someone or being or I felt like I could um hopefully teach them a little bit of what I had learned and that they were open to to learning stuff. I feel like I got that with Jeremy and Casebeer and with Trevor. Uh, and I enjoyed that side of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Outside of that, I think just someone who's hungry to like compete and and uh, play play our sport. We're going to pause real quick for a word from our sponsors who keep the show moving. We are incredibly grateful for all of our sponsors and all of you, the listeners, who keep the show moving and keep moving us forward. We couldn't do it without you. Um, and now it's it's nuts that how fast the AVP season went by. But since it is over now, it is probably time that you re-upped on your volleyballs. I know that mine have turned to a kind of brownish-yellow color, so I know it's time for me to re-up on my volleyballs. I'm sure it is time for you to as well. So go to wilsonvolleyball.com, use the discount code WILSONSAND to get 20% off of all purchases at wilsonvolleyball.com. This show is also brought to you, as always, by our guys at VolleyballMag.com. They are your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. They got indoor covered. They got beach covered, whether it's from Stad to Hermosa Beach. Ed Chan has the best pictures in the game. Lee Feinswag has the most insightful interviews. Every now and then, I contribute something that might be worthless, might be worthwhile reading. I'm not sure, but if you're looking for volleyball news, make sure to go to VolleyballMag.com, your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. We would also like to welcome Volley Camp Hermosa as a new sponsor of the show. If you're listening, you've probably heard of Volley Camp Hermosa. It is the place to go to get better at beach volleyball. Whether you are planning a trip to Hermosa Beach, California, the mecca of beach volleyball, or live locally, they have professional coaches to take your game to the next level. For those making the beach volleyball pilgrimage, they offer week-long adult training camps that are the complete beach volleyball experience. If you live locally or you can't join a camp, you can take their weekly classes and or private training. All levels are welcome, from A to AAA to open. Sign up online at www.volleycamphermosa.com. I'll say that one more time, www.volleycamphermosa.com. Or for more information, you can just give them a call. It is 234-PLAY-VCH. Or you can email them. Info at volleycamphermosa.com. We will see you guys on the sand. And, of course, we always love our sponsors at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com because if your financial plan goes beyond making it into the main draw of an AVP volleyball tournament, check out our online planning tool at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com. We all know that you beach volleyball players need to put that oodles of prize money somewhere. You might as well start it with Pacific Coast Wealth Management. So when you get to the site, click on their link, build your financial plan here, and work with a licensed fiduciary advisor who can discuss everything from 401ks, IRAs, life insurance, estate plans, tax strategy, social security, investments, or good old stock tips, also known as a lot of stuff that beach volleyball players genuinely don't know a whole lot about, which is why we need the help with our guys at Pacific Coast Wealth Management. Business owners who need to offer benefits, retirement, or pension plans for their employees 
partners, or themselves, you can give them a call too. Or 529 College Savings or Roth IRA for your kids. Did you know that you can give 15000 a year to your kid? I know when I was a kid, I wouldn't have minded that. Start with your favorite volleyball player by connecting with us at Pacific Coast Wealth Management on Instagram or www.pacificcoastwealthmanagement.com, or you can give them a call, 949-637-7052. Again, that is 949-637-7052. A lot of the listeners of the show are professional athletes, and as we all know, you cannot have enough recovery, which is why the show is also brought to you by our good friends at FireflyRecovery.com. So what Firefly Recovery is, it is a wearable device that simulates blood flow throughout the damaged or sore or afflicted area, say a knee. And what you do, you just strap it on and it helps you recover much faster. So when you are on that 12-hour flight to Stad or a 36-hour trip to South Africa, you can put this on and you're not going to get that super sore, kind of swollen feeling that you get after you fly on planes. Actually, you can make your plane, you can make your trip productive by putting on Firefly Recovery, helping heal up that area, getting off, and you're going to be playing the best volleyball of your life. So give them a visit at fireflyrecovery.com. Let us know what you think and use the discount code sandcast in all caps for a 10% off all right that is sandcast all caps for 10% off at fireflyrecovery.com and now back to the show at what point did it uh in your career switch from it might have been that tom black phase but where you wanted to go from learning to teaching not that learning ever and like you said you always want to be a learner yeah um but like at what point did you want to like instill your knowledge on your partners more mm. so maybe always but i think once i finally figured like felt like i knew something <laughs> yeah i guess so. <laughs> it was a long time i didn't know anything right. yeah i think uh i mean I, I remember thinking like and talking with like billy allen like gosh it'll be so nice like when like eric fenoy milan is gone and like stein metzger and like we'll finally be those guys and like it still like never felt like I was yeah, those guys. That guy. <laughs> like, I never felt like it. I was like, when am I going to be that guy? It didn't happen. No, we're definitely uh, <laughs> sad but happy that you're gone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if, yeah. I hope that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, sorry, I, for, I forget where I was going with that. But uh, oh, I was just talking about the trend. That is there like a specific time when you were like, I mean, I guess there wouldn't be a s- exact moment, but. I mean, I think of my time early on, like you played with Nygaard where you're like, well, wow, mm-hmm. I'm really learning a bunch and mm-hmm. absorbing a lot. And, and I always play with Haydn for a while in the beginning. And now I'm in this in-between phase mm-hmm. and I'm playing with Trevor. So now I'm playing with someone my own age where we're going to have to create. We don't have a veteran. We're going to have to go based on everything we've learned so far. You think there was like a specific moment for you when, when you were kind of made that jump from, I'm going to be kind of absorbing and learning anything from everyone else. And then... Mm-hmm. And then you made a jump, maybe to like, now, yeah. Now I, I trust everything I know, and I'm gonna go on that. I think in a much smaller way. I think like John Hyden is able to do it better than anybody. So like he's pretty confident. I think that might be the right word. In in who he is, he's gonna run his system. Yeah. If you don't want to run it, then right, then it's not gonna work. Right. So he, in or, he's <laughs> very clear about what he wants, how right. he's gonna do it. Yeah. He's very disciplined, and he's earned the right to do that. I never felt like John Hyden. I always felt like. I didn't really know what I was doing and uh, was stoked if someone wanted to play with me and wanted to like say and do the things that made them better. Right. So I always felt like I was more of a, like hopefully a good teammate than really a coach or a leader of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably to a fault, I think probably sometimes I should have maybe, 
but I think I was a little bit uncomfortable in that, and just maybe that's where I didn't have quite the confidence that John Hyden had. Uh, but maybe near the end when I just knew, like, I'm not going to be playing that much longer. Right. Or started to, and, and I think I did start to feel like I, I know a little bit more. Like, I'm starting to <laughs> right. understand how to do this thing. Uh, or I felt comfortable enough to do it. But I always felt like if I wasn't focusing on myself, then it hurt the team more, like, too much. Mm-hmm. Like, if I started, I'm, I noticed at times, like, I'd start to, like, focus on Trevor or on Jeremy or, or whoever on Ryan and my play would really suffer, and our team was way worse, even though maybe it got them a little bit better. Right. It's so like the payoff wasn't worth it. Where, like, right. John Hyden is able to do it. Like, he's just so good all the time. So Yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Did it in your own way, kind of. But, yeah, but you, maybe. But it seems like you prioritize the whole time just, like, team. Be a team first. Be kind of neutral. Yeah. Right, in a sense, like, o- open to uh, what the other guy wants to bring to the table i think i was much more that way whereas hayden's like ready to run my system yeah 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 <laughs> not ready we're gonna run my we're system, gonna run my system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think i always i think one of my best strengths was getting being supportive and getting the best out of my partner i always want to make them feel like they were better than they were like i was gonna you know not not a cheerleader but in an authentic way mm-hmm. i was gonna hopefully make them feel like they were right they were big and I, so that's that's something i tried to do versus um maybe critiquing them or bringing them down. Cause I felt like I was always messing it up so I couldn't really <laughs> tell them what to do. You know, if you, if you can go ahead, try. No, I go for it. Say if, like, I don't know if you've taken the time to really like, if you like kind of reflected on the career yet, or is it still, cause I know you're really busy with LMU and kind of the, the fall the exhibition sort of season. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you like reflected and like taken time to absorb it all in and really look back on it yet? Not a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, the drive over, because I knew we were going to do this for a second. <laughs> I, came, I came up with that three segments, which probably is like completely... Uh, you used all your materials yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, not that much. Um, I mean, the stuff I've thought about, like, even just from like high school to junior college to college to playing for whatever it was, 14, 15 years, um, I always, thinking, thinking about it, I feel like I was usually like the worst, probably the worst player on my team. Not the worst. Not definitely not the best player on my team. On some of the indoor teams, I was in the middle, and usually on the beach teams, I feel like I was the second best player. So I guess that is the worst. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, yeah, like I was saying before, I, I feel like um, some of the time, not not all the time. There's some partners that it didn't go as good as I would have liked, but um, some of the time, uh, I was able to create a team. Like I said before, I think better than what my abilities were, and I think that's something I would love. Like if people, I don't think people think about me too often, but if they did, they would just say, you know, he got the most out of what he had. Like, and, and he, um, he showed, he showed up he showed up to practice prepared and he, you know, throughout his career, he got a little bit better, uh, each season. So I think that's what I'd love to like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a hundred percent true, but I'd love to, um, feel that that's what I tried to do. That's yeah. what I tried to live. I'm going to say if, if they're like looking back on it, is there anything any anything that you would have changed about the way you went about beach volleyball in your career and anything that you really liked about the way things went that you you're pretty proud of just the way because I, I mean I know that if you I don't think I've heard a single person say like, even utter one negative syllable about John oh, Mayer <laughs> so so yeah. I mean obviously like you're you're extremely well respected across the tour I know that Ben Vaught uh, looks up to you and Billy, like he talks all, he like raves about you guys. Um, so I know that the impact you've had on sort of the up and coming generation is a big one. 
Um, so I didn't know if there's anything that you were particularly proud of or anything that you would want that you would have changed about the way you just went about your career and improving and that sort of thing. I'm definitely proud of that. If people are saying that, I mean, that would, that would mean a ton. I think in terms of improving upon, there's probably a lot more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I feel like the first from like 2003 to about 2012 ish, 13, I feel like I was pretty stubborn and I felt like I, uh, yeah, I guess I wasn't open to learning. And I don't know if I had, it was, it's hard when you don't have great coaches around all the time or consistent coaching. And I think I uh, had a fixed mindset about a lot of things. Like, I, I'm just not good at that, so I'm not going to work on that. Uh, and I didn't develop the way I, w- I would have liked to. But I think, so I think I missed out on, I, I could have been more a more consistent and a better player in some of those years. Um, but I think from that time on, I, yeah, I made a commitment to, tackling you know wherever I had a fixed mindset wherever I felt like I had a weakness I was going to go work on it and I was going to go practice it and try to get better at it I think maybe that'd be something I'd be hopefully be proud of people um, maybe saw me improve in some areas that I I wasn't as strong in Uh, but yeah if I had any sort of effect on I actually actually this would be um, I remember watching like when I first started playing I'd go watch uh, Todd Rogers play and be like wow I could never like ever do that (laughs) (laughs) I will never be able to like I don't you know I'm gonna be stuck in these qualifiers and this guy's unreal and that's still the case um and not nothing against Stein Metzger Stein was an amazing player but I remember watching (laughs) him play I was like you know what I might be able to do that (laughs) like he's right-handed but I could do the opposite version of that and I might have said this before when I talked to you guys but um I I would I feel like um if people saw me play who were in the qualifier the that they could probably go, I think I could do that. Or maybe I could do that even better than he could huh. do. You <laughs> yeah. know, but, so hopefully I maybe bridge the gap. I think you see people um, like Phil and like Try and um, some really good athletes out there. It just seems like this magical, impossible thing. Um, so I like, to, I like the idea that I maybe gave some hope to some people who um, <laughs> thought it was impossible. I think uh, you smaller guys get, get a lot of... Yeah, get a lot of people to kind of relate to you a, a little bit more. Like mm. Taylor gets a really big following. A mm. lot of people love watching Taylor. Mm. He has a little bit of that magic, mm. you know. He does. He's but, got some magic. Yeah, he's got some magic, magic, but but he's little. He's size wise. He walks around. And yeah, like, and he's 140 pounds. Right. So people can relate to him, and you certainly. Um, what What was the skill specifically that uh, that you didn't feel like you was worth your time uh, developing? I'm wondering because when I think John Mayer. And I've played against you, what, for the last six years or so? Mm-hmm. I just think you have one of the most complete all-around games, which I respect a lot because that's what I'm trying to develop in myself. But uh, I'm interested to hear what uh, one of the skills was that you... There's things I just avoided, and I just felt like, oh, I can't... I just am not good at that. And I think something like transition hitting, mm-hmm. like, um, I think I just... I don't know. It probably wasn't this clear. It was like, I'm just not good at it, but I... Yeah, I was really inefficient in it, and I wouldn't go out of my way to, like, work on it. Right, right, right. Transition hitting me, and, like, after you, you dig and go into attack. Uh, I think, like, left side attacking, I was really, like, I just avoid it, you know. Even though it happens a lot, you know. As a lefty, you're just pegged, as, as you know, uh, to play the, <laughs> yep. the right side your whole career and don't get many reps. So I just kind of avoid left side attacking and uh, probably lost a lot of, left a lot of points on the board for all the chances mm-hmm. I had on the left. Um... I'm sure there's others. I think like serving, I probably played it safe for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just kind of 
pop it in and just think, oh, I'm just like an average server and that's right. fine and you know, I'll <laughs> do other things. And so I think there's just areas like that where I just kind of pegged myself as what right. I was. And then when you peg yourself and you tell yourself that, then you don't want to go take risks and you don't want to look bad. Like that's just, that's what I am. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to like get outside of that. So I think there's, there's more, probably more even outside of like skill, skill wise, more within my like, I mean, my self-talk or the, my body language or, you know, there's right. things, other yeah, skills yeah, like yeah. that, that, that I was just like, well, that's who I am. Like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like, well, if I want to like, if I want to play like Todd, like, you know, I've got a, um, I'm sure, like, I, I'd imagine his self-talk is, like, pretty productive. Like, he's, he's right. not just, like, you suck all the time. You know? like, like, so, yeah. Well, body all, language was... His uh, body language, that was a weakness of his. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think there's all sorts of things like that where I just, um, yeah, just said that's what I am and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have been able to pick two out because, I mean, towards the end of your career, I, I think if we had to go around and say, like, who has one of the better serves, especially your float serve developed a lot, um, but your jump serve was pretty nasty too at times. Uh, I, I would have thought that that's one of your strengths for sure. It, so, it I mean, became that way because I changed. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I read uh, Carol Dweck's uh, Growth Mindset uh-huh. and uh, Tom Black is a big influence. Um, and he really, yeah, he really pushed me to, to change that and go attack it. And like you could be, right now, yeah, you're and an you're average server. Dude, so like we yeah. all are used to this spin coming in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I don't think I would have gone that direction. I wouldn't have pushed myself in that way to develop that mm-hmm. if I hadn't changed my mindset. So nice. no, that was huge. Yeah, I, I remember one, uh, one match. Uh, it was like the semifinal in Huntington. Yeah. In 2015 or something. Yeah. And you were just like, you just shredded us. I think that might have been the best match in my career. Really? I, like that match really stands out. Like I probably Dude, played a lot. That I've been I don't thinking remember. about that one for a while. I was like, you guys be careful. <laughs> Mayer played the most complete match I've ever seen anyone play. Like you hit every part of the court and, yeah. and Hayden and I felt like we were playing good and like, yeah. you know, we had our everything going on defense. And if it was like, we gave you one little sliver of court, you'd hit it. And then we'd give you the opposite side of the court and you'd hit it. You go like off speed, jumbo, hammer, bounce it both ways. I'm just like, he literally hit every <laughs> every single shot there is. Like, it's funny that you remember that because that, that, that one really stands out to me. And I probably that was crazy. probably the most complete match I ever played. Wow. And, and playing, like it probably meant more too. It stood out more because you guys, I think, beat Ryan and I a lot. And John Hyden, I probably, other than Phil, I probably had my worst record. Again, so I remember just walking away from that. Like, we just won in two, like, pretty handily. Like, I I was lights out. Like, like that doesn't happen. Yeah. And I think it's a great lesson for beach players is that every match feels so different. How it can feel like a match like that just felt so easy, and that's super rare. That's, like, that was one in, I don't know how many matches I played, a million. It's easy to get, uh, or to get, like, reeled into, like, wow, now I'm playing. Now that's how I play, apparently. And then you show up the next match, like, Oh, where was that? Yeah. I thought it was just going to show up <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, you show up two hours later. Not even, <laughs> yeah. not even the next day or the yeah. next week. Like, the same day. Right. Two hours later, and you're like, I cannot hit. Like, I just played the worst match of my yeah. life after <laughs> the best match of my yeah. life. Yeah. How does, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And, the, yeah, it's, that's such a frustrating part of it. And two hours later, like, maybe you're more fatigued, and the, the wind's picked up, and, like, it's a different right. environment, and mm-hmm. there's all these different factors, and it's a team presenting different And now you got to live with the, now you got to play with that in your mind, that, that you played really well before, but you can't use it, you know? Yeah. Like that one, that's yeah. like something that keeps yeah, creeping like, in Yeah, it's like, oh, I could you. do that. Like now I have to fight that thought yeah, yeah. in this next match. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just think you're, that's, that's such a rarity. I think you just have to be okay 
with knowing that a lot of games are going to be a struggle and going to be hard and things mm-hmm. aren't going to go your way. Right. And you can still still win and compete. Yeah. And, and you can still, even when you don't feel as good as you want to feel. Right. And we, I mean, in that same tournament, we played you guys in the final. And I remember mm-hmm. in the final, it was a complete struggle for me. Like, I didn't play very, that well. I mean, I think we lost in three, like, in well, a tight Well, you certainly one. had us. I think we were like, well, shit, if Mayor does that again, <laughs> we're kind of screwed. Let's yeah. just... See what we can do. So you had us like fully (laughs) heightened, you know? Yeah. And I think it was a good final. I don't think I played bad, but it was nowhere near like whatever it it was. Two or three. You were there, weren't you? It was three. It wasn't three. I think he blocked me at like 14, 13. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just 12 hours before I played the best match of my life. I think it's (laughs) the same team and the same court, like in stadium court. I don't think the conditions were that much different, but I remember walking away like, wow, that didn't feel the same. Like, (laughs) you know, why is that? Like, how does that happen? Yeah. That's that's sports. And that's why sports are so great because. You don't know the outcome. You don't know how well you're going to play. You don't know how well the other team's going to play. And so there's all this mystery and excitement and unknown. Yeah. And it's fun to just go see what you can you can make out of that. It's funny. The, the first two beach tournaments that I ever went to are uh, New Orleans of 2016, where you turned on your superpowers after <laughs> losing 21-9 That's in the right. first yeah. semifinals. Yeah. And I was sitting there with my buddy J.D. Hamilton, and he was like, I'm pretty sure... John Mayer has superpowers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you guys just turned it on and just completely flipped it around. And then the second one I watched was the finals in Huntington. Man, you should have come to more tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a great first impression. Yeah. yeah. Like, that guy's really good. Yeah. <laughs> you should have come the last, like, 15 years before that. Like, wow, that's kind of rough. <laughs> you had a great career. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I um the first time you mentioned that your float serve was something or you're just your serve in general was what you worked on. The first time that I ever played against you was with me and Rafi and you were playing with Spencer and I was like, We we shanked like a hundred float serves. And I was like, <laughs> Rafi, how do you pass this? <laughs> There's no easy way to do that. that. All everyone does that when he's uh, yeah. when he's float serves on. You're like, oh god, here we yeah, go. I was like, yeah, just don't look. I was like, this thing's moving so yeah. much. It's like, I wish I'm it was on more. <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, float serving is like. Just go back to what I said. It's just a skill. I mean, I didn't have that serve for a long time, and I know some secrets now that I can't tell anyone. But <laughs> no, <laughs> there's just some really simple things you can go work on. And serving, serving is the only closed loop skill. It's the only skill you have complete control over. Yeah. Every other skill is dependent on someone else on the court. So you can practice it the most, and you can control the most factors. So you can decide, yeah, the type of serve, um, where you're going to put it, <laughs> and, you know, all these things and all these little factors that can make you a more complete server. I think most of the numbers from the analytics I understand, which I don't know much, but I know some smart people, that, that serving is the biggest factor and the most important skill in the match. Hmm. So yeah, found that, I was like, well, I better go keep good at it. <laughs> yeah. So we go work on it a lot. Uh, and especially with the Mikasa, it I think it opened the door up for me a little bit more in that like I'd never be able to hit a jump spin like Evandro, but I could right. hit a float serve with, with the Mikasa that, that was pretty tough and I could do it a lot and and that would kind of hopefully even out, not quite even out Evandro, but you know even out the overall serving level. So I think that ball might have helped me a little bit. Definitely more energy efficient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ivandro just yeah. winding up and banging that thing every time. Yeah, and jump serves, I mean, a jump server can take over a match. They can also be the worst server in the match. They're, they're kind of the, the high and middle or low ground. And the jump float servers are the usually the, the middle ground because you're able to make it a lot. Uh, but it's also going to be really tough. So if you can serve tough and in over a full match, you've got a pretty good shot to, to be in it, even yeah. if you don't side out that well. I feel like you played with uh, the U.S. version 
of Evandro in Case Beer because he has yeah. matches where it's like, good luck. Like, yeah. you, you don't have any chance of that. And then you'll have matches where he'll miss like four or five in a row. Too. Yeah. As a partner, was that, did you just understand that that was the way it was going to go? Sometimes it's some matches, like it was just going to be lights out and he could get five or six points in a row. And then there were some matches where you might not play a point for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. At first, it was frustrating because I felt like we we're giving away too many free points. And I think it took me out of my game a little bit. But then I started to embrace, like, this is just who we are. Like, we just serve aggressive. Yeah. And let's just live it and let's let's go for it and let's, you know, let's be okay with when we miss. And it became more fun then. I think we played a little bit better. So I think it's just, yeah, just spending that time maybe off the court with your partner. Like, you know, one of your strengths is jump serving. So let's take advantage of it. Let's be okay with some misses and let's play free and go for it. And once you have that conversation, then you can kind of let those, hopefully try to let those errors not, yeah, not bother you as much, and just know that's yeah. Some matches like we were just talking about, like sometimes it's going to be on, and other times not. But you're always working in practice to make it a little bit more consistent. And there's those little factors like can you get your toss more often on your right shoulder? If you can do that more often, then you're going to make more. You know, can you um, you know go go a little more slow to fast on your jump serve approach so you can hit it with range and just you know work on those little things so you can make it more consistent. Did you think, so you read that in analytics that the serve was the most important. Do you think that that's true after having worked on your serve and then played at that level? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's less important what I think. It's more important what the, the data shows. Right. <laughs> but, um, I mean, now I've probably got a lot of confirmation bias because I watch and like, oh, they're, <laughs> they're serving easy. They're, that's why they're losing. Um, but, yeah, it's for, yeah, the um, guy named Joe Trinzi, who is the national team statistician and assistant coach, he did a big study on the FIVB, and that was one of his big findings was that, that serving was the most important skill. Hmm. And, and the same thing on, you know, jump servers, you know, they're either the worst or the, the best server, yeah. that, and the jump floats are in the middle ground. But that, and I think the big takeaway is that a server can take over a match. A good server can do that. A good passer can't. A good setter can't. Um, I've seen blockers do it here and there. It's harder to do, but a good server can take over. Yeah. Did you ever feel like you had that ability to just take over as a defender? Were there any matches where you just kind of walked away? And I know that as humble as you are, you're probably not <laughs> going to actually admit it. Um, but were there any where you, you mentioned that you at played at like one kind of the peak? Yeah, when you played against Tri. But. Yeah, one out of a million. Uh, I think it's pretty hard. I mean, I watched, actually, I'd never seen the Manhattan Beach open this year, and I watched Taylor Crabb. I was like, wow, I've never seen a defender take over a match as much as he did. Uh, but they still lost. Um, <laughs> well, they're the one guy the who can do it as a blocker. <laughs> yeah, is, uh, is Phil for sure. Yeah, so I think it's really, really hard as a defender to take over a match, and you probably have to serve pretty tough to get opportunities to take over, especially at the FIVB level. Like hitters can hit with so much range and hit so sharp. For you to get involved, you've got to get them a little out of system. So mm -hmm. I think as a defender, I think it's really tough. Um, but if I think if you want to be an elite defender, you probably want to convince yourself of that, <laughs> even if the numbers right. don't say that. Right. Like you should t tell yourself that. But I think defense is the least important skill in the men's game. Hmm. I don't think that's a, that controversial statement. Do you have like a, a certain kind of ranking in your mind? Not that you wrote it down or something, but like yeah. serving first, then this, then this. I think the this. study showed it, um, and I'm not sure how he like. I mean, how he figured it. He, Joe Trinzi. But it was, yeah, it was serving, passing. Those obviously happen the most often. 
Uh, if you serve tough, it's pretty highly correlated. You'll score the point. If you pass in system, it's pretty high, highly cor correlated to score the point. So those are clearly like the most important. Usually you win that battle. You win the match. I think setting was third, which that was a little bit of a surprise. I think good setters can really, you can take away that tough serving or take away that bad passing. Right. You can fix there and then transition um, setting as well. Uh, I want to say fourth was attacking. Um, I think fifth was blocking and sixth was defense. Huh. I think it's switched for women. Women uh, blocking's last defense. Yeah, that's I, wild. Yeah, I you mean, you don't think of serving as like like, oh my god, I get, I gotta go practice, like get ready to be the best I can possibly be, you know, I'm like I gotta go serve a bunch of balls. Like that's yeah. not the first thing that jumps into your yeah. mind. The first thing is like, you're probably gonna just gonna go like, hit some balls, right? Like, yeah, that seems like yeah to be the thing that attracts most people. Sure. Um, yeah, it's hard, hard yeah. to just go out there on your own, like serving balls and running to go shag them. And, and how many <laughs> yeah. balls are you, when you do go hit, how many of them are from a shanked pass? Yeah. You know, they're yeah. all perfect passes yeah, usually. Yeah. yeah, you want to look good. And if you're not taking care of your passing, <laughs> yeah. then yeah. you're never getting to hit those balls that you just practiced, right? Yeah. 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 And Pierre's not getting any closer. So. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the reality is, is like they're all important. Those are all big skills. It's not like none of them are right. unimportant. I think there's just, they're weighted. Right. And yeah, if you could be the best server in the world or the best defender, I think I'd take the best server. I think you could take over more matches. The mm -hmm. best defender is not going to be able to take over as many. I think serving precedes the defense anyway, because it's the only closed loop skill. And it was funny because over this past offseason, uh, Reed would go out and he'd have like three bags full of Mikasas, and we would just serve like 50 jump serves down the line. Right. Like, 50 jump serves down that line because his biggest thing when he had Rich Lamborn out, he said, well, what's the, what's the shortest distance between points? He's like, just line to line. That's mm -hmm. as fast as it's going to go. Right. And I didn't, I, I was kind of like, was sort of bored by it and didn't really see. I was like, well, I kind of want to like pass the ball. <laughs> and then, but this year, I think serving was probably the thing that helped me out the most because no matter how bad you're passing or setting, you can sort of save yourself from, with serving, mm -hmm. I felt like. And that was a big thing for me. It just <laughs> sucked to my serve wasn't on. There's like a mental part of it too. When, when you have a good serve and they pass it just not perfect, you don't feel like you're, you can feel like you're a little bit more on the offense when mm -hmm. you're playing D. You know, you're like, all right, let's take advantage of that bad pass. Yeah. Rather than when they're passing good every time, you're like, oh God, what are they bringing at us? Yeah. They're bringing full force at us, you know? I feel like it's almost... It's not almost. It's close to impossible to stop. You're talking about like a ten top ten FIVB team, or even a top ten AVP team. If they're in system, like a balance setter, right. a hitter who's on two feet, like pass forward, it's gonna be pretty. Like you're gonna stop. I don't know, two out of ten. Right. You know, it's a pretty low percentage. Mm -hmm. So to take, you know, if you miss it, you're gonna score zero out of ten. So it's a little different than two out of ten. So right. you have more of a chance. But if you serve, yeah, a really easy ball, you're gonna score two out of ten. But if you serve something tough, or you get them off the net, even. A little bit, or you make mm -hmm. the the passer go to a knee. You know, just you're slowly improving your chances. Maybe right. now it's three or four or five out of ten. That's a big difference when you serve. I don't know how many fifteen balls in a set. Right. Like you're just you're just changing your your chances, and I think it can equalize teams more. Like if you're the weaker team, I would take probably more risks from the service line yeah, to try yeah, to yeah. equalize the level to make the level closer. Totally. And that's where like wind I think can help because you can even if you're not a great server like the wind can maybe bring you back in it because you can hit some, right. some weird serves, and that's where you can kind of catch up. I don't know if, you're, yeah, if your passing can do that or your defense can equalize it as much. So that's yeah. why it's so important. You also got to look at the matchups, right? Like 
to decide how you want to serve. If you want to be really aggressive or not. Like, yeah. if I'm playing Evandro, Evandro, you know, me and Trevor are smaller blocks. So, like, I'm going to try to go for it a little bit because I know that he can overpower a block. I want him to have less angles. And if him or Phil or uh, Anders are right on top of the net, like, we're screwed. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to be take those calculated risks. Yeah, Whereas, like, sure. guys that want to hit low, which I tend to be usually better at yeah, I remember hitting that. those guys yeah. that want to hit low, <laughs> Yeah, I might give them a little easier serve and kind of let them come to us on D. Yeah. But, yeah. No, yeah, I think you want to know your matchup. And that was a very general statement, for what sure. I was saying. But, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think overall, yeah. Yeah, if there's someone you, you have their number, like, you're going to take a little less Give them a free ball. Yeah, you're still not going to have a Serve them underhand. Yeah. Just to get in their head. Guys are too good to, <laughs> to serve that easy. But no, no, no. I think you want, yeah, you just calculate how, how tough you want to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you still want to make, like, eight out of ten serves. You still want to hit a serve that you can make a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But can you develop one that is able to get the other side in trouble? often enough when you're making eight out of ten i wonder what their percentage is indoors because i know that oh my god spra on the national team just like lets nine, them oh yeah just lets them rip it yeah ace her out but and they get hit. a lot of aces because they're hitting so hard yeah in the press conference after the ucla long beach state national championship i was cracking up because he walked in and ucla was i think maybe four points away from winning national championship and then they missed I want to say like yeah, that's right. they missed, missed like yeah. eight out of ten yeah. oh. to end the either third or fourth set, and Jeez. then their serving just fell apart at the end. And Spra, but their serving was what got them the commanding leads in the first place. Right. Spra comes in and before he takes a question, he says, "I'm not fielding a question about serving." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he was like, "We're bombing away. We're ripping. That's like." who we are that's what got us here yeah we weren't changing that's the hard part about like a small sample size you know if you looked at their whole, whole season that's probably what got them their aggressive serving yeah like but then everyone's gonna look at those five minutes where it was <laughs> off, right. which happened a lot throughout the year i'm sure uh it's the same like a football coach like we what we do we go for it on fourth down you know and it works most of the time but then when there's the one time where it's you know a big, a big play everyone yeah, remembers Pete Carroll that. and the seahawks yeah there you go <laughs> yeah throwing or not uh not running it for the super bowl yeah, that's the that's like where the journalists come in. But I think someone who's a coach or looks at the long game, you got to commit to who you are and what's going to give you the best chance over time. And then sometimes it's going to you know come back to haunt you. But I think over yeah. time it's going to lead to good things. Those damn journalists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. As I just the sink into my <laughs> yeah, 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 Sorry. <laughs> journalists are great. I shouldn't say that. Getting too much heat these days. <laughs> well, I mean, for the most, it's funny to watch because like. I don't really do all that much journalism anymore because most of it's just writing for Volleyball Mag and Dig is just feature stuff. And I'll watch like the day-to-day stuff, just like the game stories coming out of, like, I mean, beat writers for football games we were just watching. Mm-hmm. I'll have to write six stories today. I'm like, I don't, I don't miss that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with this. Yeah, I can't imagine how they actually are able to watch full games and really analyze it. It's, you just yeah. get highlights. and I imagine, I don't know. No, it's basically like you you have to, especially for like high school, I think high school sports are by far the hardest to cover because you have to keep a play-by-play, keep a box score, then you have to do stats, and then you have a five-minute deadline. Of course you're going to mess up. Yeah, (laughs) There's no chance. I mean, you think about those perspectives, like this coach who's been with this team, maybe these players for like 10 years, four years, and... You know their their perspective coming in versus someone who yeah, yeah was looking at a box score and has yeah. to come up with a five minute that, summary. And that's it and you have it's like to how do you yeah how can you that's a hard uh, you know to be able to come together in that situation is pretty tough. Yeah, so I mean they get a lot of heat because they're 
the jobs that it's yeah. asked of them are almost impossible. Yeah, that is impossible. Yeah, yeah. especially with politics. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, I think uh, the skill, the biggest skill difference I think I saw from the qualifier level to the main draw this year, and I don't know if you'd agree, wasn't because anybody can go out and rip a jump serve. Mm-hmm. Like I think like you could get any indoor guy who's really not that great at beach yet he could have the best serve in the whole qualifier mm-hmm. but then he wouldn't be able to put it together i think the biggest difference was setting mm-hmm. from what i saw because like in the, in the very first main draw match i had in austin we played billy and ryan mm-hmm. and like we were getting like i was serving pretty well and we were getting ryan out of system a lot i was like all right here we go and then billy would like tee him up from like 10 yeah. feet off the court and i was like what do you do with that Ralph? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the worst he's like yeah and i can't of course I have a pretty bad habit of uh, peeling on perfect sets because, like, the qualifier level, like, get you, know, you that, get them yeah. out of system, like, it's usually going to be a pretty bad set. So yeah. I have a tendency to get out of there early. So <laughs> first couple of main draws, I would peel, and I was like, ah, oh, it's a 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you got to realize that that's, that's then your advantage, you know? If they set yeah. it over tight at all, that's the blocker's advantage. So every time I see you do it, like, I give you so much shit on it. Like, what are you doing? They're yeah. setting you. Yeah. Like, they're trying to shovel it to the net. You have, more, you have more time to pull in those situations. That's something with my, yeah. my team. They do that a lot. Like, oh, yeah. we got them in trouble. Let's yeah. pull. And then right. they overset it. And, gosh, what are you and doing? Especially, like, if I was jump serving and running up, I'd run up halfway and be like, yes, I can stay. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think setting is a really important skill. I mean, all, all the skills matter. But setting, yeah. you can definitely make a big impact. And mm-hmm. I think at the... Uh, the men's level where people are hand setting so well from so many different positions, you can really, you can take away really tough serving. I think it's an area where the women's level can keep getting better. And I think for sure, when I look at college beach with some of the hitters who don't have as much range or ability to adjust to sets, you can just see like on this set, she has one option. Right. Yeah. And if we set like this over time, like you're just in such a tough spot. But if you see people put up a set with good shape over and over, there's enough court out there that even if you're not that dynamic, you can put it in right. a tough spot. So I think I think setting is really underrated and probably undertrained as well. Do so you, that's a big one. Do you see that change happening? Because I, from what I hear, um, and what, from what I see, uh, it seems like a lot of the younger girls are coming out with better and better hands. And there's like more. That's like yeah. kind of the standard now. There's more. I think the one hard thing is the juniors level. It's still. You know, players refing players almost every time. Oh. The CBVAs and mm-hmm. all the like junior showcases and the AAUs. So if, if the ball has, if a ball is even like on the FAB, no one would even think twice about it. Yeah. You know, it has a little like side spin or right. not much. Like everyone's stopping. And, and then the, you know, 15 year old girl is going to, all right, I'll They're just, scared. Yeah. yeah, I'll just bump set. Right. Yeah. I was talking to a Canadian uh, coach. He coaches up in Vancouver and he was saying they made a rule where as long as the setter is facing where they're going, they're like they'll play it. Let it chuck. Yeah, yeah, you can chuck it just at the juniors level. It's good because you're gonna get they're gonna get better at it. Right. The more they do it. That's the only way you can. And as you yeah, like the game's actually evolving at the highest level. Now they're letting us do anything, which mm-hmm. I kind of like. Now I'm yeah. just like I'm chucking it all over the place and just yeah. flicking it. But yeah, I mean let the kids do it however they want. For sure. And then it's it's only gonna get better. Yeah. But if they don't do it, then they're for sure screwed. Yeah. 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 You gotta you gotta get the reps with it. Yeah. It's one thing to do it in practice. But right. another thing to, yeah. to build that confidence in match play mm-hmm. where the, the scoreboard's there. Yeah. And you got to give the kids a chance to do that. Right. You call it so tight. It's like, there's no way they're going to take those chances. Right. Yeah. So I love what, um, when Adam first kind of brought Phil out to their house in South Carolina, they, when they would practice, they just wouldn't call doubles. Mm-hmm. So you just hand set everything. We'll play it all out. And you just, and then 
Now we see Phil. He's just got the sauciest yeah. hands. Yeah, imagine in the world. if someone was standing there saying, "No, that's a double." Yep. Bad. No, that's a double. No point. <laughs> point for the other side. Right. Yeah. Phil would have probably put those hands away. I would guess. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Why wasn't that we guy there? Have, let's go get it in our DeLorean. <laughs> so we can change that. I feel like one of the biggest challenges, and I wouldn't know, but because we see players and across all sports get into coaching when they're finished or managing or you know being a GM in the NBA, we see that a lot. But it doesn't always translate to success. With you, we've seen you coach, and LMU's built on its success every year. How do you go from being a player where a lot of things like become automatic or subconscious that you do? How do you translate that to being a good coach? Because I feel like that's a challenge. Being able, because now, like you know, try like a lot of your emotions. Like you're so automatic, you're like, I don't really know how to explain what I do. Yeah. I think that's a tough skill to learn in itself. Just learning how to translate your skills to helping someone else learn how to do that skill too. It's definitely hardest for the like best players, for the people that things can't come easy to. I was never <laughs> that player. <laughs> never. Some things came easy, but a lot of things didn't come easy. So I think I had to figure them out. Um, so I think that helped. But I'm sure there's a lot of things where I'm not able to feel what it's like to be in one of my athlete's shoes or what, what it feels like for them to move and I don't have the understanding well enough. So I'd probably miss out and need to study it more and get a better understanding. I was telling you guys before we started that uh, Gold Medal Squared Indoor is a big training, uh, indoor training company and we're doing it on the beach, Gold Medal Squared Beach. And I've learned a lot from them. They break down the skills into keys. So there's for, for passing, they have five different keys you know, what good, when they've studied good passers, the way they move, the, what they do with their platform, what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. So just having keys for each skill, passing, setting, serving, uh, has just helped make it, made it simpler. So now I know if a girl doesn't move their feet in the way, you know, we say it's good to shuffle when you move, then we can just give, I can give them feedback on that. So just having that framework from basically taking each skill, having keys, teaching those keys to the girls, and then just trying to get really good at those keys and that, that's what I've tried to do. And I think a lot of times, I think good coaches, they get their players to do the fundamentals, the basics really well. It's really exciting to get into like the strategy and the, I don't know, the highlight plays. But I think to create a good team and a, a team that has sustainable success, you've got to have a good foundation. And that starts with good fundamentals. So that's just what we, we start with and try to build those, those fundamentals so we can, we can do those highlight plays if the fundamentals are good more often. Yeah. I feel like it's you got. There's various levels that you're coaching now too. You have you know the club girls, and then you have LMU, and then now we have Billy and Stafford too. Have you started working with them yet, or is that they yeah. taking a little bit of a break? I got out just one practice with Billy, trying to teach him how to serve. <laughs> <laughs> he, that's going to be his biggest upgrade. I, I hope that I can help him with. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got out with him, and he was it was awesome. He's easy to work with, and. He was excited, eager to learn for sure. I haven't got out with Stafford yet. I think we're going to get out next week and start working with him. I've just started watching film on him and trying to get a little bit of a beat of what I think they, they can work on and where I can just help them a little bit. And I, they had a really good year in 2017. Yeah. And I was a little surprised that they didn't keep playing. So I'm glad that they're back together. I think they're, we were talking about the values and being aligned uh, at the beginning of the podcast. And I think you know we had a conversation. They're really on the same page in terms of, of uh, work ethic and the way they want to support their partners. And uh, they just seem, I think they were aligned in 2017 and they still have those things and they found with different partners that maybe weren't as aligned. So I think it's, they're excited to be back and I'll hopefully just give them a couple little things to work on and get them to be better and they'll have a bunch of battles with try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was, it, was it weird at all 
coaching? I feel like it's like, I mean, obviously you guys have been good friends for yeah. a really long time, but is it weird now beginning to impart your knowledge on guys that, I mean, you've been playing against for years? Yeah, it wasn't that weird. Maybe it will be when there's a full team there. Right. But just with Billy, I, yeah, I thought it might be a little bit, but it was just coaching. It was like, he's doing that a little funky. Do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd bring out my camera, film him, like what you did, like do this. It's just try to give him clear, specific feedback. And it's nice, like when someone's so invested and wants to get better, like someone like Billy or anybody at the highest levels, then it's easy to work with them. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, if that's going to help me, I'll go do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, I'm excited about it. It's going to be fun to do. Just got to make sure I carve away the time to get out there with them enough. Are you, uh, or what are their plans and your plans in terms of uh, international and domestic travel? I think they're still trying to figure it out. I think they want to do the first one, the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. I think they're maybe like the fifth or sixth team. So they'll... They'll sign up. Top few teams aren't going to go. Yeah. So I don't I think, know what we're doing yet. Yeah. I think once they kind of see the draws, they'll decide. Right. But I think they're definitely going to do that in Florida and then kind of map out the, the rest of the summer. So what there's do you, a what lot of options. Do? Isn't there? I think uh, Tyler was telling us there. We met with Tyler. There's like 13 or 14 four stars in a row. Yeah. Or something some, like that. Four or five something stars. Something crazy. Whoa, yeah. yeah. No, you can, uh, you can stay overseas if you want to this off season. Or sorry, this season. This next season. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're doing what everyone else is doing. You know, you figure out your goals. Obviously, a lot of the teams are going to be prioritizing Olympics, like yeah. we always do in the in the uh, Olympic qualification peri- period. But um, you also want to be home and play in AVPs because it's yeah, it's like you know you can relax a little bit and like have some fun. Whereas like yeah. FIB, it's like when you're playing for Olympic bid, it's like very tense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll balance it, mm-hmm. but I think they're more on the same page where they both just want to go for it. Like they want to play a bunch of tournaments. Yeah, and I think they're excited. Yeah, kind of whatever opportunities come up, they'll mm-hmm. they'll go for it. Cool. I'd like to push them. I think Billy sometimes could use a little nudge, keep pushing them to yeah to go for it. Right. Because uh, I don't think he realizes sometimes how good he is. Like don't Billy, tell yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn. I think I think he's starting to Damn finally, but he's been that good for that long. No, I, mean, I agree. Yeah. He's been lights out. Yeah, a lot of people are intimidated by his game, but doesn't seem like he's. Yeah, no, knows he, it. he doesn't know it. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully give him that nudge to to really go for it and give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it should be fun to see how they do. It's interesting too. Uh, all three of you guys are dads with kids or yeah, multiple right. kids. Yeah, but Stafford's got two, yeah, and you and two. Billy got one. Got one. Yeah. How's that good dad crew? dynamic? <laughs> <laughs> just got to have good wives. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Are they all going to hang out when you're gone? Just to <laughs> yeah. Corral yeah. the kids. The real housewives <laughs> at Beach Volleyball. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see. I'm sure my wife would be stoked about that. <laughs> I, and I hear that uh, this, I heard it, uh, people talking about it at USA Volleyball the other day, too. Um, sounds like Billy wrote a book. Yes. It just came in the mail for me. You can get it on Amazon. It's called Good Blood. And it's not about volleyball. Uh, I think there might be a reference in there oh, if okay. you're really looking for it. No, it's All it's right. a it's like a fantasy book. I haven't read it yet. Wow. But it's uh, you know more. I'm, uh, I'm I'm ten pages in. Ooh. It's uh it's sci-fi. It's funny. I was talking to Brunsting about it at the AVP banquet, and he was like, I just don't know if I can sit here and read like about another world that my friend made up. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if I have that. But I was reading it, and I was like. God, Billy, you have like a heck of an imagination. Like it's it's really good so far. I do honestly. not read books like that, but I just want to know what 
mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, curiosity definitely. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like just wanted to support Billy for one, and right. then two, like curiosity would like get the better of me for sure. I think so, it like, shows, I'm definitely gonna read it. It shows a lot of the growth that Billy's made. He, I think he's been writing that book or a book for like 15 years wow. that he'll get about halfway done and then just ah this sucks and put it away and he, <laughs> yep. but he committed to this one and stayed with it and finished it and got a f- professional editor and I mean if you guys have seen the cover the cover's legit yeah, the cover's awesome like wow. it's a it's a real deal and I mean you really gotta put yourself out there to do that mm-hmm. and he had to make an investment and he's a cheap guy so for him to <laughs> yeah, like pay for all that and put it out there it's really cool to see and maybe this one you know he breaks even and then he I mean, he's already working on another one and right just to see him to make those steps to like start to like believe in himself and to yeah. go for it. It's been really, really cool to see because he is, he's super talented. Sounds and like he, both on the court and off the yeah, court. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's been, it's come at the same time. Right. Like he, he bumps that for his first 10 years and it, I'd watch him like in warmups handset and he's got like way better hands than most people. Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing. Like I'm sure his writing has been good for a long time, mm-hmm. but now he's just getting more disciplined with it, believing in himself more. And I mean, he's been doing creative things like, the kind of good stuff. Right. You know, it's all like his writing. It's mm-hmm. uh, hilarious. And he's done, he's done that sort of stuff for a long time. He's just now, yeah, getting behind it and really doing it right. Yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah. It's going to be hard to keep him uh, out of the winner's circle this next season <laughs> for sure. Him and Stafford were, oh no, they already won one, right? Yeah. They won, they won Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. They made a couple finals too. They made three finals in a row. They yeah, had exactly. one in Seattle yeah. and San Francisco. Stafford had that. Like oh, yeah, yeah, the injury. Oh, uh, not twenty. That was crazy. They, they that semi. should have won that yeah. by a mile. <laughs> Do you remember the semi where they were 14 they played Reed and, Oh, yeah, Reed. Yeah, and Billy, Billy <laughs> yeah. was blocking, yep. like diving ankle uh-huh. blocking <laughs> balls. And that was unbelievable. Yeah, I think you were calling that. I right? was, yeah. That was the site of the, wa- the walkaway. <laughs> was that the walkaway dig? <laughs> the walk-away oh, yeah. Dig. I mean, that's another example of Billy just like. <laughs> Like just creating like, that, that oh video. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The video is amazing too. Oh yeah. It's so good. It was awesome. It, what is that on YouTube? Yeah. Like the if anybody the has fireballs coming yeah, out of it. Goes, yeah. <laughs> Google it or YouTube uh Billy Allen walkaway dig. Yeah. Something like that. It's so great. His total volleyball makeover has been fantastic to follow. I don't know. I mean I know you you're not an Instagram guy. He sent me a couple pictures. Really yeah. so funny. I, I saw Trevor made it into a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> In so, all of them, I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he sent me a couple that I was just busting up at. <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy. He also I I wanna say, was it early in the year they had him do something and he he went in some pictures with Avery? Like did you oh, see the ones the, of like Avery like, juggling? Pictures? Yeah, it was like some of Avery's <laughs> yeah. model pictures that Billy like photoshopped himself in. I think it was Dan Madden too. That were just unbelievable. It's yeah. like, how do you even think of that? And Avery, I think he he gave him the, the blessing to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty classic. And uh, and you guys, any progress with the podcast? I know you guys have been doing it for a while. Are you still going? Yeah, yeah. we don't have nice mics like these. Man, I'm just jealous. <laughs> these are big time. Yeah, actually, Billy and I are writing a Coach Your Brains Out book. Nice. Uh, Billy's inspired me, so we're going to, I think we're about finished with our first draft, hopefully this summer, put it out. Nice. Um, we, uh, yeah, we're still going. And, you know, we just, we talked to uh, some motor learning professors recently that were really cool. Uh, the guy I was talking about recently, or just a little bit ago, was Joe Trinzi. We just had him on. Uh, we're going to talk to Karch. Karch is coming up pretty soon, so. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, <laughs> nice. yeah. It's funny, if you ask, like, I ask my girls, do you guys know who Karch Karai is? They're like, yeah, is he the coach? Yeah, <laughs> the coach, wow. I uh, know, he won three gold medals That's and he's funny. the best player of all time. It's oh, funny man. when um, 
Michael I was Jordan, the, the, the Hornets <laughs> yeah. owner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting in San Jose, um, just eating food with Randy Stoklos. And then a, a girl sat down and um, she just introduced herself. She's like, hey, I'm Randy. She was like, oh, uh, what's your last name? Stoklos. She's like, oh, okay. And clearly like just didn't know who he mm. was. And, and mm. he, he was just like, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Randy would take that the wrong Randy's way. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's going to let you know about it. Why don't you get out of here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go Google me. Carch might be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Randy's going to let you know. It was really funny. Yeah. But uh, you've been here for a while. We don't want to keep you for too long, um, especially on a Sunday, too. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, it's my free day. Um, podcast yeah. number two. Yeah, I know. My <laughs> first back. guest. Man. Yeah. Uh, um, so now we have... I'm so engaging. You had we, to have me back. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't have uh, our final question on the first time we had you on, um, but now we do. We have, uh, if you had to give any piece of advice to an up-and-coming beach volleyball player, what would that piece of advice be? That's a good question. Uh, the first thing that came to mind was re- read the book Growth Mindset. I know we talked about it last time, but uh, I'd say yeah, invest in that and read it and get an understanding of what a growth and fixed mindset are and look for the areas in your life and in your game where you're more fixed, which means you believe that your skills are what they are and they can't be improved, uh, which everyone does. And if, if you can work on changing that mindset or the mind state to a more of a growth, then uh, you'll start to attack, attack those and work on those weaknesses and do it. Um, I think the other thing would be, I think we touched on it earlier, is try to find a partner that is aligned with your vision of a season. And I think some of that comes from the sort of tournaments you want to play. Like we're going to commit to all AVPs or all the P1440s or whatever it is. Like this is what, it, you know, I want to play as many tournaments as possible. Or I'm just in this to try to make enough money to, to uh, you know, you know, be able to pay my rent. So I'm going to play some. So just get aligned, I think, in that way. And then um, figure out if you have some alignment as well in your, your values in terms of your work, work ethic um, and the sort of teammate you want to be. And once you find those, then like commit to it. Like Let's do this for a full year and let's stick together and let's, let's see if we can get a little bit better each day as a team. And like we talked about before, just create, see if you can create a team that's better than the sum of your, your parts. And that's, that's the good stuff. So uh, you're going to have some, some tournaments that don't go as well and maybe there might be uh, a quick fix that you could, you could give up on. But I'd say if you feel like you have someone who's invested and has um, the same values as you, stick it out and see if you can build a really good team. I think, we'll, uh, I think we're going to have to do a John Mayer giveaway. Oh, yeah, think, uh, we got some Wilson balls that uh, we're going to have you sign a Wilson ball. So what should we do for the giveaway? The retirement the edition. Retirement give, the retirement <laughs> edition giveaway. Oh, uh, a wheelchair. A wheelchair. A Wilson and a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? What do you think listeners should have to do to win a signed John Mayer volleyball? Hmm. Um. My first thought, it's a sad thought, was there's a shooting in my hometown in Thousand Oaks where I grew up thinking um, some sort of don- donation to the, I don't know what it is, the Red Cross or um, some foundation out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like it. To help. We uh, can do that. So yeah, Thousand Oaks we'll uh... has had a really rough week with the fires and just the terrible tragedies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe we can find a charity that they could give a couple bucks to. Okay. All right. So we can, um, I'm going to go with Red Cross. For now, yeah, you Red Cross and Thousand Oaks. So I guess uh, take a screenshot uh, of I guess the donation 
um, and then send it to sandcastpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll pretty much just do kind of a raffle type system. Um, we'll pluck it out from a hat. Winner gets assigned John Mayer. Ball. I like it. Yeah. Unless they know, um, I don't get political, they know some uh, gun control rights they can start to affect our uh, politicians. <laughs> yeah. They can make some change in legislation. <laughs> I'd say they get a couple of balls. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you can have a few. Yeah. We'll make even a bigger deal. But yeah, that'd be awesome. So that'll be the next time we have you on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'll be the next one. Yeah, so start just start planning for that. Let's maybe uh, how you're gonna make a change. Maybe when your guys' book comes out, we'll uh, there you have go. you on and uh, yeah, yeah, talk absolutely. about that one. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I now know three people that have books that came out. <laughs> Travis just wrote one as well. Yeah, we'll, so that we'll one, have a whole podcast for that. Yeah, so mine. Uh, actually, the first the first time I that's sort right. of met you. That's right. So that one's phone. coming out, and uh, I have the proof in my book. Oh, you do? Over I there. See it. That one's uh, it's coming out December fifth. Oh, cool! So which is, that was a long time. You got me on the making. cover. Uh, you are not on the cover. We oh. do have a lefty. I had to make sure the lefty is on nice. the cover. So Eddie the Eagle. Oh, cool! Is is on there? That's great. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Cool. It was a fun one to work Congrats. on. So I had to give Billy his, uh, his month and a half in, yeah, in the yeah, spotlight. Yeah, and then, let's do it. And then, so hopefully you guys can publish your book uh, somewhat soon so we can just keep the streak rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Beach Vol- players coming player out of authors. Authors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good day for self-publishing. It's, <laughs> yeah, it it's, it's not a sci-fi, though. Not a sci-fi. I do not have the imagination of Billy Allen. A so sci-fi it's, volleyball it's a book. That would be... Yeah. I don't know about good. <laughs> it would be unique. <laughs> it would be unique. If you, uh... <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks and, for having uh, me. It's been um, a ton of fun watching you throughout. What little sample size I had to watch you throughout your career. Um, definitely one of the most respected players um, in the game, as far as I can tell. And just want to acknowledge you for that and the way you carry yourself on the court. Oh, yeah, man. Congrats.